Hello, the internet, and welcome to this episode of the Weekly Zeitgeist. Uh, these are some of our favorite segments from this week, all edited together into one uh, nonstop infotainment laugh extravaganza. Uh, yeah. So, without further ado, here is the Weekly Zeitgeist. Now, that that was impressive, but are you ready for my 17-minute solo about JFK? (laughs) On the JFK assassination. Uh, We're thrilled to be joined Uh, in our fourth seat. Yeah, that's right. Fourth seat, motherfuckers. It's Robert Evans. Jack, I enjoy your commitment to still calling it a seat, even though we are all thousands of miles apart and flung across the globe. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Uh, for he is the fourth meal of guests. Robert Evans, <laughs> what's going on, man? The Taco Bell uh, guests. Uh you know, like like no one else in America, I am sitting at home and drinking probably more than I ought to. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Atta boy. Uh, quick. So does okay. What's the what's the feeling on if you finish a box of Franzia for yourself, but it takes two weeks? It's okay, uh-huh. right? Yeah, Two no. Weeks. Uh, I mean, it's Two not weeks. okay that it took that long. A box of Franzia, you really want to get that done in the first night, otherwise it's going to go bad. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You, it's it's a very okay. I was just I was just checking. I was jettison uh, all space myself. bags within twenty four hours of opening. That's fair. yeah, yeah. Okay, that's. I just basic drank science. some orange juice that had gone bad, so I got that Ugh. going on. Pretty wow. well. This is the R.I.P. Jack episode. We're all <laughs> now I'm going to vomit. Give him a good send off. Uh, all right, Robert, we're going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, we're going to tell our listeners a few of the things we're talking about. Uh, we're going to talk about the Dean of Tish <laughs> with with a very I don't know. I don't know if this is like normal for Tish. If this is how people who go to and work at Tish communicate. Uh, but she did like an interpretive dance video to uh, losing my religion, which instead uh, was of refunding her students, truly cursed. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna talk about the idea that the deadliness of COVID nineteen may be overstated, uh, but that we don't know until we start doing antibody testing. We're gonna talk about how the right is getting mad at uh, Fauci, or is that how he says his name? Fauci. 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 The internet is slowing down. We were right. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about how the Nextdoor app is getting nicer. Hand sanitizer made in prison. The Major League Baseball uniform manufacturers uh, pivoting to making masks and gowns. Bob Dylan's 17-minute song on the JFK assassination. And we will close out with our thoughts on Tiger King. Robert, have you watched Tiger King? No, I don't believe in tigers or kings. (laughs) Okay. Fair, Fair, fair. Uh, what is something from your search history, sir, that is revealing about who you are? Uh, can you give horses COVID-19? And I, I wasn't looking for a <laughs> medical guide. I was looking for more of a practical guide on like how, how to give how horses to do COVID. It, yeah. Yeah. You're very anti-horse. People well, I, well I am. And while we're like, this is the time to strike. Like, I feel mm, like if we're yeah. going to win what I call the long war, uh, then, oh, yeah. then now is the moment. Now is yeah. the time to 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 snatch victory from the jaws of defeat and finally overwhelm the horses when they think they've won. Yeah. Yeah. Just rest ourselves free from the the under the mighty hoof yeah. of our equine oppressors. Yeah. 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 Do not spread the COVID-19 unless it is to a horse. <laughs> is the that long is- war uh a comment on face length? Is that like a a backhanded oh. insult? Uh no, but it should have been. Because yeah. that, that's that's good. That's some real good horse shade, Jack. Yeah. <laughs> horse shade is uh, kind of my specialty. Yes, uh, it is. I, I would think that uh, this would actually be a time when the horses might get the upper hand because yep. we're not out I know. and about. That's why we have to be taking back the power. We that's the focus of this Wild episode. horses galloping yeah. down my street. Uh, yes. on a regular basis. So, Listen to yeah, the yeah. documentary album Heavy Horses. Uh it will it will <laughs> let you know uh, the danger we face. I was it, listening it to some I was, slaps. I was listening to a podcast recently that had to do with like horse crimes. I don't know. It it, it gave me empathy for horses that I wasn't expecting to have. Mm. And I I regret it. 
See, okay. I would argue that the life of any horse is a crime, but I guess that's open to interpretation. <laughs> Robert's the only person who's at the Triple Crown cheering when he hears a gunshot ring out after mm -hmm. a horse falls down. Yeah, <laughs> I, I actually I bring my own bullets just as like a, an offering, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, Jamie, it was a podcast about crimes against horses? Crimes against horses, not crimes that huh. horses have committed. I believe that's okay. a different podcast. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. that is actually that is a really the good show that I keep a... trying to launch. Yeah, a I horse heard bank heist. None yeah. of it. Crimes no, this, against horse manity. This was an <laughs> episode of. Have, have, has anyone ever listened to Swindled? It was an episode of that. Mm -mm. I don't listen to other podcasts. I think no. this is the only what are podcasts. podcasts? You're yeah. right. You're right. You know what? You're right. It's only and one. I, I mean, yet again, twice in one morning, I've been fucking canceled yet again. Yeah. <laughs> the only podcast I need is the Daily Zeitgeist and re-listening to Bob Dylan's 17-minute song about the JFK assassination. That's that's uh, it for comedian, my content needs. I can't the, co wait. the comedian I can't. John Daly was like, the new Bob Dylan song is a podcast. It really is. John Daly is the best. Uh, Robert, what is something you think is underrated? You know, uh, and and you know, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw some shade on myself for this one. I have realized throughout this quarantine how underrated movie theaters are, and I I am not normally a movie theater guy. I go maybe mm. once a year. Uh, I went more when I lived with our friend David Bell because he's super fun yeah. to go to the movies with. But um, I just don't. <laughs> I just I I don't care normally. Like I've gone. A year or more at a time without going into a movie theater, and now all I can think about is going to a movie theater <laughs> and how nice it would be. Um, so I have accepted that I have been unfairly maligning theaters for years now wow. as a result of this quarantine. I miss my stubs. Yeah. Membership. Oh my gosh. Did they halt that? Yeah, they fr they were good about yeah. it. Usually they're assholes, but they they just right. froze everybody's membership. I, and now I have like regrets of. I wonder if anyone else has been feeling like this of like. Things that I could have done, and then I'm like, I don't know if I should do it, and then I didn't, and then everything closed. And I'm like, fuck, I should have just gone and seen Emma when I had a chance, like <laughs> shit, like yeah. That. Is there anything else? Like I, I'm severely missing uh, hoops right now. Just it being yeah. the time that we would normally be having March Madness and the NBA yeah. playoffs or the NBA season. Like I, I am in a severe basketball withdrawal. Is there anything else you guys are find yourself yeah. missing than you more than you expected? I live near a bus stop and the buses are still going, but they're empty. And yeah. I am missing buses having people in them, as weird as that sounds, because there's just something <laughs> so unwholesome about empty yeah. buses passing each other at like three in the afternoon. It's just like, oh, that's not a great sign. <laughs> It's so funny because there was a, a profile or like a journalist who lived in China and was like living in this place that had been fully quarantined was writing about how like they lived overlooking the subway and it was empty. And I was like, man, that's so dystopian like two weeks ago. And now yeah. that's like, that's right. our reality. Yeah, it is dystopian. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, what is something you think is overrated? Man, you know... I'm going to have to say fucking, oh, yeah, sorry, uh, juice bars. <laughs> now that we don't have the opportunity to go out and get nice, fresh, fancy $11 squeeze juice, I've just been smashing uh, oranges with the butt of a rifle. And it turns out that's as good a way to get your, your, your vitamin C fix, your adaptogens, all of the things you can get from a moon juice or another high-end uh, fruit juice. You can just get by smashing fruit with the butt of a rifle on your kitchen table. So... Try it out at home, folks. It it really works. Yeah, I'm glad you've actually found a way to adapt because we all know you loved your overpriced juices. That was I'm one a big thing about juice you. guy. That I was am. you pre-quar. You were like, oh, here comes here comes Robert Juice Evans. It was mm -hmm. annoying. Yeah, you, Robert had me picking up Moon Juice orders and like I had to mail them to him. It was like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're like you know they're gonna spill in the box he's like mail them it really and then and then he would have me communicate messages to his favorite employees at moon juice too and be like hi i'm here to pick up an order for robert evans he wants to say hi to luna and like it's horrible well the thing is i never wanted any of them to meet me in person because i felt like that might spoil the purity of the juice yeah. slash juice buyer transaction uh, right, right. But sure, there's sure, no sure. greater purity than just hitting an orange with the butt of a rifle. And I, I found that thanks to the quarantine. 
And where does the juice go when you just put a piece of fruit oh, on Jack, your kitchen table? It goes table all over the place at right. everywhere. And then you just lick it off the table or something? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Keeps your table yeah. clean, keeps your tongue clean. You get a lot of vitamin C. Is that C. how you normally drink juice? You just pour it on your table and lap it up? Well, normally I just pour it out of the sodden envelopes that uh, Jamie sends me. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. this is not as, as big a change as it might seem. Right. Usually just okay. wringing okay. cardboard over his own mouth. Yeah. God. Which I understand is not safe anymore. Uh now yeah, that we're in quarantine. See? You should not uh, Yeah. Um and finally, what Robert, is what is a myth? Gonna take from us? I know. What what is a myth? What's something people think is true, you know, to be false. That the solution to to all of the horrible problems we're having as a result of this virus is something that will be uh settled in the halls of Congress. Like at the end of the day. If we're going to get anything that like resembles justice, uh, it's it's going to be as something that starts from the bottom up, like this rent strike stuff that's going on right now. Um, I think there's more of an opportunity in that to secure some sort of long term, like lasting remedy to the the shit that's got millions of people wondering if they're going to be out on the street in two or three weeks than anything that like a Republican or a Democratic Congress is actually going to vote on. Um, yeah, and yeah, I guess that's just like. Uh, we I, I just launched a podcast this week, uh, the Women's what? War. That's about uh, yes, yes. This this is my it's very subtle a great plug. podcast. It's a hit. People are it is loving this thing, Robert. Yeah, we uh, kicked. We're gonna we're gonna fucking we're gonna kick the shit at a uh I don't know who's a person other who podcasts on uh, another, swindled. Podcast. Have you heard about this one? Lou Dobbs. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna Sucks. fuck up Lou Dobbs. We're gonna fuck <laughs> Lou Dobbs right up. Who are you threatening no, but, online, Robert? Krista Tippett. Yeah, yeah, I'm. I I threaten Krista Tippett online every day of my life. Yeah, I'd like to. Th- I'd like to extend that threat to Dolly Parton's America. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Fuck all of them. Uh, the, my, um, this, but we're taking them all. I just want to talk about some vulnerable groups who, like, with this uh, outbreak, uh, need to be sort of discussed a little bit more. Um, the first group are prisoners, uh, because yeah. you know a lot of people have talked about, screamed from the rooftops that you know our prisons are overcrowded. We know that because it's a for-profit business, and it's like a hotel. You book more guests, you make more money, mm-hmm. or you make more arrests, you get more money. A lot of people have been going on saying a COVID-19 outbreak in a prison would be absolutely awful. The people are in such confined spaces. There's, it would just be the worst thing to have. Um, and we've already seen cases pop up uh, in certain prisons. William Barr at the Department of Justice said that he is having, you know, federal prisons, uh, like giving the order to release sick, elderly or other at risk inmates into home confinement based on an algorithm that wow. is, you guessed it, racist. Mm. And the way it determines uh, who's, you know, uh, a less of a risk to be released. Basically, it's a computerized system. Never been used before, but basically says white collar offenders who are most disproportionately white are mm. safe. But if you are uh, have any drug-related charges, a history of prior arrests, uh, typically who are uh, tend to be African-American uh, because of biased police practices, mm-hmm. the war on drugs, everything, what have you, uh, those, you know, they'll be, they'll be disproportionately affected. So that means 30% of white inmates uh, would probably get this low-risk uh, rating, while only 7% of black inmates will get this similar designation. And this policy also excludes non-citizens convicted of immigration-related crimes. So we're looking at just being like, hi, let's do what we can to ease the prisons, but using a terribly fucked up algorithm it's and then not even an black algorithm. and brown people it's, yeah right it's really they just open a door that says computer room and it's a guy named algorithm and he's just a racist <laughs> uncle who's just like oh right. let the whites the whites will be fine uh and let's just keep all the blacks into it yeah and if you if you're an illegal immigrant that's also bad i mean it's true it's almost like using it like it's only reinforcing a thing that they probably would have done out loud so it's easier yeah, to just right. claim a algorithm like no we're using this computer system that yeah, yeah. Just it's computers thing. computers are infallible it's uh yeah and it's always and also, just as racist and we also know that like they're still doing like ice raids throughout this time yep. there's like not been a moratorium on that at mm-hmm. all and so it's right yeah yeah, yeah. um yeah it's a bummer yeah so you, this is just one of those things where because of the overcrowding and the, you know, 
absolute lack of compassion shown to the incarcerated population. This is something that could take your check fraud sentence and turn it into a death sentence. Yeah. Mean, um, meanwhile, you know, you're, you're looking at how other countries are responding, like uh, like America's sworn enemy, uh, Iran, and they are releasing prisoners and they've been yeah. releasing prisoners for weeks now. And mm -hmm. uh, and it's like you always look at that and you just go like, yeah, this is uh, they're. It's like every every other month, the Ayatollahs will say something that'll be like, you know, I can't lie. Like, I'm I'm kind of more on board with that than I am with anything that the American government currently says. Like, I, I it's, it's yeah, well, when it to comes to showing a modicum of humanity or of anything, yeah. acknowledging people's yeah. humanity, you're like, that's so weird that like, you know, how many people have gotten an email from an insurance company recently that's like, hey, you should do this or hey, we're worried about you. Or, hey, we're going to do this to make shit easier for you. No, no, nowhere. Yeah. So, like, I think it, you know, helps. I get more emails from of... like LA Fitness telling me, like, "Hey, you want two free months of workout once this is all done?" Than I do from like Blue Cross or Aetna, who are just like, "No, they don't. They don't care. This is this right. is going to be a cash cow for them." Mm. There's also another group, um, just with people with like you know disabilities, <clears throat> any kind of neurally atypical people, um, are also there's some kind of troubling plans that are being like uh, articulated from states um, like in Alabama and Washington about how they will prioritize people who are going to get ventilators from COVID-19 related complications. And this ProPublica article is showing how a lot of advocacy groups are sounding an alarm to Health and Human Services saying like the wording in this is deeply, deeply fucking problematic and mm -hmm. troubling um, in Alabama uh, one of their state plans say that, quote, persons with severe mental retardation, advanced dementia or severe traumatic brain injury may be poor candidates for ventilator support. Another part says that, quote, persons with severe or profound mental retardation, moderate to severe dementia or catastrophic neurological complications such as persistent vegetative state are unlikely candidates for ventilator support. So it's a like. They're essentially saying, okay, anyone with this kind of mental disability or super old is, we'll throw them in the expendable column. They're yeah, it's ugh. and and also like the the language that they're using is so outdated and dated. Like right. it's just like absurd that it, I I I don't know. I guess we're in our liberal bubble over <laughs> here, uh, but we're in yeah, our the liberal Zoom chat. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, the, the language choices are obviously like inexcusable, and then just the the outright prejudice that they're they're spelling out here is is fucked it's very much so the response that i would expect from you know the governor of alabama it's like just let's go the most fascist angle that we possibly can with this outbreak before there's even an outbreak of cases with uh you know, significant numbers. Yeah, like, like, right. Let's, let's just articulate that out loud. So yeah, we can like they get one call about are. like about a case of COVID coming, and it's like, all right, first we got to kill all the old people. Uh, then, and then and it's anyone like, who's different, yeah, yeah pretty much. Yeah. I mean, just this is the thing I asked from seeking care too. Like it's it's like well, not, basically yeah. spelling out like, hey, if if this is something that affects you, don't even bother seeking the care. Yeah. And I think just to say, though, too, like, how are we also, you know, allowing the these plans to be articulated worth clearly saying, like, this group of people is completely secondary. Their needs are secondary to what what we will deem as the desirable population or whatever. Uh, yeah. It's just really it's really fucking dark. And I understand, like, that there probably is going to become some kind of point where they're looking at not enough resources for the amount of people who need the resources. Mm. Um, but to, to go this far, it's like, it's just so, it's so brutal. Uh, and I feel like, you know, obviously this, this needs to be something that we, we keep an eye on because it just, it's, ugh, it, it's fucking eerie. And I asked one of my friends who's a nurse, I was like, are, are you seeing anything like this in your hospital? And they said, no. And just sort of like, it's just also <clears throat> very, they also pointed out how, using the term retardation is just so out of date and just like what completely who yeah. would write that into an actual plan um but you know i think th that times that does happen it's uh you know possibly if you are in a persistent vegetative state that mm -hmm. you know that they may ask your family like what the what they would want to do but again right. these are 
well, uh, we're, we're starting to see how how willing some places are going to be to, or how willing some states are to be humane to their right. citizens. These are choices. Present. These are choices that um, people uh, in uh, like clinicians in Italy uh, and I think Spain now uh, have had to make um, because of just lack of resources. Like this is yeah. the, it is a thing where there's uh not enough ventilators and like cl clinicians are literally making a decision between who to give the ventilator to and who to not give the ventilator to. And a lot of the time, you know, they'll give it to someone who they, is younger and they think has a bigger chance of, uh, of living. Whereas they're like, mm -hmm. we don't want to, you know, give it to someone who's old and vulnerable and then have both of the people die. And it's a really messed up decision to have to make. And it's weird to preemptively make that decision. Right, yeah. But, and, yeah. And, then and articulate also, it that way. And then also throw in people who are perfectly healthy despite some... The idea that anyone with special needs is automatically someone that you need to euthanize is like, it's Nazi yeah. shit. It's straight right. up Nazi shit. And, it, and it's like, this is, this is a time in America where we're having a lot of mask off Nazi people just kind of just being like... Well, time to do a genocide like that, like no qualms yeah. about it whatsoever. Yeah, it is like the, the preemptiveness of just like saying, hey, just so you know, if this if it comes to this, if this decision comes up, this is what we're going to do. It just seems it, it feels yeah. like fear mongering too. And, and like, it's, why yeah. would yeah. you? Yeah. yeah and well, and just, just to like articulate your discriminatory practice right. up front. Like, I'm like at I a guess time most like people this. don't write it down. Like, right. Yeah, but, exactly. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's it's alarming. Um, okay, this one other thing I want to say about, uh, especially with like the prison population, there was a thing where like Governor Cuomo was like, yeah, you know, uh, saying that uh, essentially that there would be some of the prison population would be working on making hand sanitizer, uh, and people were like, what the fuck is this? Because again, prison labor is uh, just essentially slavery. Oh uh, but like that. You know, a lot of people are like, what the fuck is going on? You know, are they, you know, who's making this? And it turns out that, like, this hand sanitizer isn't really being made by the inmates. They're actually just bottling it and then putting, like, someone else has made the sanitizer. They're bottling it and labeling it. What? And a lot of people are like, what the, what's the point of this? Like, what, what, what I don't understand what the, everyone's question is, is there a need for that? Obviously, like they're all, I, you know, I know, I think those prisoners in those uh, facilities are making like two dollars an hour, basically. Ugh. Yeah, it's uh, but unconscionable. I, I don't know what the. It just seems odd to be like, yeah, and like, look, we're putting our 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 offenders to work. You see, they're not just partying it up uh, behind bars. We're getting them to work. It's just a odd. They just want to make everyone, uh, everyone who who needs hand sanitizer, complicit in uh, modern day slavery. They're just right, like, right, right. We gotta it's, find a way to make them complicit. Like it's literally just, all over just your mind. You, you're in America. Yeah, right. it's just a fully. I mean, it's it's like along the same lines of like the, the fact that it's being framed as like, look at what we're doing. This is good. Like this is. Yeah. We're putting these like citizens to work. You're like, no, you're. It's just like denying especially them considering the power rights. of the executive to enact the Defense Production Act and actually get a company to do it. Yeah. You know, to yeah. a company yeah. with employees, and they're like. Well, why do we need to do all that? We we got you know all these prisoners who can make it. It's like yeah, it really is. It's way cheaper. Like, yeah, and they haven't yeah, unionized on it's us like, yet. Yeah, you, you can't. You really can't underestimate like a conservative uh, government's ability to pinch pennies uh, in the times of crisis. You know. Yeah. Um, okay. On to some other news. Guess which garment is surging in sales right now. Now uh, I'm not saying this is unequivocal, like this is the only one, but can you can you have a guess what garment you think is having a a real spike, a real surge right now? Uh, cute little strap, tank tops. Okay, how about on. this? Easier. What? <laughs> <laughs> what uh, what's a garment that is crashing right now? What what are people not buying right now? Handkerchiefs. Mm -hmm. Uh, wait, a garment. Okay. <laughs> No, like a main garment. It's not nothing like an accessory. A main garment. Pajama I mean, pants. I mean pants, jeans. No one's no one's wearing pants. jeans. Pants. Pants are pants are crashing. If you pants? got if oh, you have stock crashing. in pants, okay, yeah, yeah. If you've got stock in pants right now, divest. 
sell, sell off all your pants stock right now because uh-huh. a lot of people are seeing just the the, <laughs> the pants sales are bottoming out, but people are buying way more shirts for some reason. <laughs> more um, shirts, and, huh? Yeah, a lot of people think this is because if you are like someone who has to wear some kind of, you know, if you don't dress casually yeah. for work, the Zoom era has been like, well, I don't need to wear fucking pants because everyone's seeing me from chest up. That's so true. I'll just wear like, mm-hmm. I'll wear these new up top garments. So at Walmart, they're, one of their executive, <laughs> their stores in their online outfit has seen a, like a spike, as he calls it, in sales of shirts. But the pants is just so, so, so bad. The gap, same. Major spikes uh, in not only shirts, but obviously comfortable clothing like sweatpants and pajamas. Uh, Basically, all because we don't have to be seen from our waist down It's all Zoom, dude. Mm. Everyone at a board meeting right now is Donald ducking, and they don't even know it. I I love love it. it. Donald ducking is the best style of nudity. It's the funniest style of nudity. Yeah, it's it's a good reveal. Yeah. It's a great reveal. Yeah, I've been wearing the same pair of pants uh for uh what, 3 weeks? 2 weeks? 2 weeks. Mm-hmm. I was wearing them for uh about 2 weeks straight until Francesca saw a like I don't know, saw something on TV or read something that said oh. that like make sure to change your pants because of COVID <laughs> and I was just like What? No, sweetie, not everything is real. So, that's fake news. That's Russians or something. And <laughs> and, and like <laughs> And then she was like, change your pants. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's Russians. No, Russians, that's Russians. That's, Come Russians. On. that's yeah. Russian bots trying to fool you into making Trying to get, trying to get Medicare. Uh, <laughs> dude, is the... I like just the, yeah, you got to change pants. Like That's like some like lobbying effort from Big Pant right now because yeah. they're doing terribly. They're like, hey, get the word out, bro. You yeah. got to change your <laughs> pants pretty frequently. That's exactly what's happening. It's just like the Levi Strauss company. <laughs> is it Levi Strauss or did I just invent <laughs> the last Strauss. name? No, that's you yeah. nailed it. Yeah, uh, yeah, just yeah. It's the it's all of their lobbyists just being like, we gotta There's, get pants sales up. Random I think, fact I remember from Levi Strauss because it was part of our gold rush education in California that <sighs> they used to call them rather than denim, they were pronounced denims. Oh, okay. Ooh. so now you know that. I kind of mm-hmm. love that. Nice random I, COVID fact. <laughs> random I think co- it was it was a bus Calb tweet I think where she was. Just like, I don't mean to trigger anyone, but my husband has been wearing jeans every day of the quarantine, and I'm <laughs> the, the baby and I are safe and in a second location. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have oh. noticed that people have been talking a lot of trash about jeans, and I realized in this uh, quarantine that I mostly, I only really own jeans. Uh, mm. They're not, they're not, yeah, I know, I know. Everyone mm. just looked at me weird, but I do. It's true. <laughs> it's like, I, I, most of the jeans that I have, they're like, you know, different colors. I have a dark blue. I have a light blue. I have a black. Uh, I even have one pair of white jeans, but like, nice. all right, Andrew WK. Yeah. Well, you know, I like to party, but <laughs> yeah. like, I, I just realized that like, uh, just every other type of pant, like, I don't even know what, what's other pants, corduroy, corduroy, uh, chinos, well, khaki. I get I get those like just fabricy pants. I mean, I I guess I don't know if men wear them as much, but just like flowy fabric pants. I like flowy pants. Oh yeah, yeah like some nice like harem pant. I think that's a not a problematic term, but yeah, you know, some, those b- some big baggy like, aunt teaching yoga pants. You know what it is? In her basement, if you ever had a friend who if you ever had a friend who went to Thailand or Cambodia on a yeah. trip, yeah, they come yeah, back yeah. with those pants. They're and like, then see, they never like shut up about the trip. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't like. Any... Also, like, it's so cheap there. Like, everything's so cheap there. Mm-hmm. You're just <laughs> oh like, I, you don't know. Oh, no. I'm, I'm vividly envisioning this one specific person. Do you remember when, like, okay, there was, there was the, the one, like, rich girl in my school system. She would, like, go to, like, the Bahamas over um, summer breaks. And she would come back with those, like, hair wraps the like color hair wraps oh sure sure she'd yeah, come back yeah. with four of them and she'd be like they cost they're like they look expensive but they're so cheap and you're like <laughs> shut up they don't and look like that everyone's expensive. so nice there like i know it's like it's like really poor there but like everyone's so nice it's really great like everyone's so nice i um, know uh, i haven't thought about why that might be true <laughs> no what do you mean they depend on our tour whatever like just you're a hater all right let's uh take a quick break from that and we'll be right back Uh 
checking in with the pandemic we're all living through, guys. There's Boo. a couple articles about where we are, uh, uh, just how like pandemics have influenced history uh, that I thought was somewhat interesting. Like there was a story about how the cholera pandemic of uh, one, one of the centuries before the 20th century that I don't distinguish between, but it uh, led to Russian imperial forces kind of pressing down on the people to try to keep them from rioting, which led to uprisings, which led to further pressure from above, which eventually led to the Bolshevik uprising in the early 20th century. So that was something I hadn't really thought of that that initially started with a pandemic. And there was another uh, article about how bad our healthcare system is right now and they put it in terms of the economic like damage that it does to individuals and just like our economy in general is uh, worse than the penalties put on Germany by the Treaty of Versailles uh, which was uh, that's the thing that we all think of as the obvious culprit for the rise of Nazism but I don't know People throughout history have kind of turned on doctors, and I'm hoping that's not how we choose to funnel our anger in this. I have actually been slightly heartened by the fact that the wellness influencers are are taking this seriously. Yeah, because I thought that was a real crossroads for them to be like, are they going to be like, "Mm, like when they give us a vaccine, like, do we want it? Yeah. What side of history will they be on? But they're all like, oh, no, no, no. Like, this is real. Stay home, everybody. And like, drink all your cordyceps. You know, (laughs) like they're still they're (laughs) still grifting, but they're still they're. Although Gwyneth Paltrow did post that picture where she was wearing a mask and gloves and was like, just got back from the Brentwood Farmer's Market. I know. (laughs) And then a week later. That story about the Brentwood Farmers Market still being a shut huge crowd. Down. Now more yeah. Catherine Schwarzenegger demanding that the yes. city shut it down. That was a funny headline. I heard that on Who Weekly this morning of yeah, them just being like, Catherine Schwarzenegger demands this of Eric Garcetti. And you get you're like, oh my God, is it really is it gonna be something amazing? Is is Catherine Schwarzenegger secretly cool? And then she's just like, close the farmers market, which is right, but it's just <laughs> I think it's not that she's cool. She's married she's to Chris Pratt now. Yeah, she's and not she cool. Anyone who's super, super Christian-y. But I think like Arnold Schwarzenegger, she's like cooler than you'd expect based on what you imagine. <laughs> you know? Like when Schwarzenegger right. was just like more of a libertarian than a than a right winger, just in some ways where you were like, huh, didn't know huh. that the guy. The lowest of like, the low bars. It's like right. the president. And anytime he does something that isn't actively killing people, uh, on a, on a public stage, people like his approval rating shoots yeah. through the roof. Right. Well, yeah. I keep thinking like, what if Schwarzenegger, President Schwarzenegger, was like the less bad timeline? You know. Right. Yeah. When that yeah. happened, yeah. I was like, oh shit! Like everything's <laughs> fucked up now. Uh, <laughs> Little did. But then we I'm know. like, well, if he were president, you know, the guy who seems like an actual Austrian Nazi type guy, even more. At least we get yeah. better environmental protections. It would be yes. too on the nose for him to actually turn into a Nazi. Yeah, he's like he's he's in the he's like a right winger who also wants to smoke pot and uh, right. have some environmental protections, aka libertarians. Mm. Also, he can't be president because he wasn't born here. But anyways, I would be fine with uh, the public outrage going towards insurance executives uh, and you know, grifters, uh, but let's leave doctors alone, please. <laughs> yeah, or any of these executives who are like, yeah. now their plans coming out for like these airlines, like American Airlines and United to just completely fuck over their employees despite them yeah. getting this bailout money. Like, yeah, you know, that's where I think people need to start there. I mean, at the very least, I think people are start realizing wh- like the powers that are crushing them above them uh, in terms of yeah. like the system that we're in. And I think maybe that will, that will lead to something. And I also, it brings up the argument of like, this might be a good time. I mean, if, if obviously the world were perfect, where you could completely go after the for-profit healthcare insurance system we have and try yes. and make it work for everyone, because this is a moment where like, we need sort of 
the same sort of protocols and policies for people as we face a pandemic. That's what I'm thinking might be the like the outcome of of this is that that just gets torn to the ground because it's it's really being exposed as completely fucked and uh, unprepared for anything like this. Well, we didn't get to this um, yesterday. I don't know if it was touched on in Nightgeist, but just, I mean, the relationship between like workers and employers right now, it's, it's just like, it, it is the issue aside. I mean, aside, it's a public health issue. And then it's like bringing to the forefront how important it is to treat workers ethically or things absolutely fall to shit in situations like this where like um, the the whole situation with the um, Amazon warehouse worker who was rightfully so bringing up the fact that hey social distancing is not being in, in like enforced here workers are not being protected um, the whole you know it, they're they're lying in terms of like oh we're we're doing everything we can and then that person who brought it up and tried to organize was fired for quote unquote like not social distancing at work it's just all such bullshit that like the companies that get assistance i mean it almost goes without saying but like none of it is is or or very little of it is going to actually assisting workers it's just like taking the check and um and moving on well that's why i think yeah. a lot of the people in in congress are saying like this is probably just the beginning of multiple stimulus packages we're going to have to put together because clear obviously the money that they're giving people now is not enough especially if they're counting on people right. to pay their mortgages and things like that. So, I mean, it's going to continue, but that's the thing where it's like, please take the second to really look at how the money moves in this country yeah, and figure yeah. out how to make that flow more equitably and relieve the pressure on the people who don't deserve it and ask people or organizations that have tons of billions of dollars in their coffers to say, yeah, you know what, dude, you're going to have to fucking take a hit here. I'm sorry. I, there's no way this works where your nebulous bank account that's attached to these like five people in a C-suite isn't going to go down because we'd rather pass that pain on to millions. Mm -hmm. Also, like we've seen now that money isn't real. You know, they're just like, oh, here's a trillion dollars. Oh, they kept saying like, oh, how will we pay for health care? And it's like, no, you just pulled a trillion dollars out of nowhere to bail out like cruise ships. Right, really, right. we can make money up here when we want to. Right. And the other thing is, it's just like techno-feudalism clearly is not working, mm -hmm. you know? Like, right. here we have this moment where all these fucking billionaires who don't get taxed so that they can, like, share their wealth have the opportunity to do that and to be, like, a hero in a public health crisis, mm. and none of them, they all are just crickets from everybody, yeah. you know? Look at Bloomberg and, then, and Tom Steyer. They were so rah-rah and shit a fucking month ago. Motherfucker, you might as well, th you think they ago. took a spaceship to another fucking galaxy. I also yeah. just like, think about all the money they like flushed down the drain on the Bloomberg yeah. campaign. Mm -hmm. Just, just, yeah, where the money goes is clearly not subject to logic. And it's just obvious now that if it is not subject to law of some kind, it's just never going to happen. Yeah. I mean, the whole idea that the US needs to like balance its books is such, it's like, such cynical uh just based on like a misunderstanding uh like they know that people think of the government as a as a financial entity as, rather than as a entity that can make its own money up anytime it wants to um but they they do that to you know enforce austerity measures so that they have all the money i've definitely um, seen people turning on celebrities yeah, I, I, I've been saying that for a couple of weeks now. I feel like celebrities don't make sense anymore. They don't make sense and they're not reading the room at all. The only people who read the room and did a good job were Britney Spears, Comrade Britney, right. who, who personally offered to help people out with bills and diaper money and stuff on DM, and Rihanna, who just like gave like $5 million and didn't fucking say anything about it. Really? That's all we want from rich people right now and celebrities is to just like yeah, come open up your off wallet. Your money. Do something. Yeah. yeah. Nobody wants well, to see it, you sing. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody. Like, you're right. And also their wealth is predicated on, you know, exploiting consumers to give them their money. So at the end of right. the day, it's like, come, come send some, send some of that money back the way uh, it came to. And I and think that's like, true that people don't read the room mm -hmm. and it's weird to see people now, especially when 
so many people are facing true hardships to be people like lolling it up in like a palatial estate and be like, guys, you right. got to stay there home. Was, and there was no a, one, there's no one to stop them. I think is the other thing. There's no handlers <laughs> to be like, don't do that. No, I kind right, of like they're all stuck the, the publicists have abandoned the celebrities. I like it. The publicists are gone. <laughs> no one's left. There was a horrible Giselle Bündchen one. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, my God. It was so she and her family fled to Costa Rica. And then they posted like a video of them singing a Bruno Mars song. Ugh. And and they're like, hope this lifts your spirits. And it's just like, <laughs> you're like, what the fuck? You you went to Costa Rica. You're screaming Bruno Mars. I mean, they're like, you know, hope you hope you don't get, hope no one coughs on you. Bye, motherfuckers. Like they're just. Yeah. In- the thing of all rich people just like absconding to their vacation homes also super dystopian, oh. obviously. Yeah. And yeah. It's fun to see how many people that you like that you're just like, I think there, this was a tweet last week. Someone's it might have been Mike Drucker who was like, oh, really cool to see how many uh, comedians have uh, parents with really nice summer homes. Love to see it. You're just like, <laughs> yeah. Well, I keep saying it's like Blade Runner starts with all the rich people have gone to Mars, right? Mm-hmm. Like Blade Runner starts in the LA. That's like everyone who couldn't afford to get out of LA when right. all the shit starts to go down and like all the rich people have left and gone to their, their utopian planet settlement. And then like whoever's left in a city during a, a pandemic or whatever, it's just like fend for yourself is what the rich people have like, made clear. Good luck. Bye. Bye. Uh. Um, uh, yeah, but as Madonna pointed out, it is the great equalizer. Oh my god, that was we're so all taking baths cringy. and rose that petals. Fucking like video she in the bathtub. When she said that. <laughs> Amanda it, Hess wrote a good thing about it in the New York Times, where she talked about the Gal Gadot video, especially, and she was yeah. like, "It's not only tone deaf; like literally, most of these people can't sing." <laughs> <laughs> it's for. It, my my favorite part of the Gal Gadot video isn't even the singing. It's the part where she was like, this whole situation has me feeling really philosophical. And you're like, yeah, what are you talking about? <laughs> also, she's a whole Zionist. Right. right. Yeah. Oh, yes. While we're talking about heroes of uh, the pandemic, I did want to bring up really quickly uh, the British American Tobacco Company uh, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. They are doing the Lord's work. They're the makers of cigarettes like Rothman's and uh, Don Draper's Lucky favorite, Strike. Lucky Strike. Dude, um, Benson and, and they, Hedges. Yeah, the classics. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have said, uh, you know what, coronavirus, we kill people by destroying their lungs, not you. And they are putting money into research uh, to defeat the coronavirus, which is weird, and I don't like it. Uh, well, it's odd because they're sort of, you know, they've they've pointed to the fact that using, they have like a biotech company that they bought years ago, and they're using tobacco plants uh, as a way to develop a vaccine. And I guess they're saying it's advantageous because tobacco plants, quote, cannot host pathogens which cause human disease. So they're saying it's an easy way, like they've used this sort of tobacco plant strategy before, but never really to the point where you're like, oh, wow, they really bailed us out of a pandemic. It's just a weird opportunity. I like how it's just like uh, lobbying for big tobacco, too. It's just like tobacco, a miracle plant that cures all problems. Right, right. Yeah. It's incredible how much they, I mean, this is a great just sort of case study in why capitalism doesn't work because they have so much money and infrastructure built up of making money off of tobacco that like they have learned it is this cursed plant that kills everybody and they just like can't (laughs) stop. They just have so many people whose jobs are fucking to like find a way to just one way or another justify the use of tobacco in one way or another. It's wild. I mean, I guess there is one timeline where like the corporations end up doing more better, like doing better for the people than the governments. Well, and yeah, then they become that's... our new leaders. And then we're like, wow, British American tobacco solved coronavirus. No, that's All hail part President of the... Benson with a bat, and Hedges. Ended with a bet. That's totally yeah. part of the dystopia is because we have no public right. infrastructure. All these private companies are like, 
I'll be the one. But that's why also you're like Olive Garden literally like did a better job than <laughs> right. Cheesecake Factory states. did a better job. Yeah. Wait, what did Olive Garden do other than bottomless bread bowl and salad? Other than change the world, yeah. <laughs> they were extending all their sick leave policies before because they wouldn't give people any kind of sick leave, and it was just like draconian, yeah. and like business. So taking away though. their awful world destroying policies. Yeah, I don't know if they solve the thing where like they get paid on those prepaid cards. I know some people who work there get paid on a card that. Like they have a stake in that company, so they also recoup the service fees. So I yeah. don't know if yeah. they solved that again. Part. Just just a bare minimum of of right. human of humanity of being like, oh, our workers are sick. We'll give them like a little bit of sick leave so they don't die and lose all their money. Yeah, but I think all we need is a uh, government that works. And is yeah. run by people right. and not like, human monsters. And then Silicon Valley right. companies are never gonna become no. moral at this point. I think we've all corporations seen, and like, are specifically designed not yeah. to be moral. Yeah, and especially silica, like startups are designed to just get around labor laws. So we're also coming up against that with the Instacart stuff, where people are just like, "I'm gonna outsource the dangerous part of this to like a more economically vulnerable person." Yeah. You might also still get me sick because they have to go be out all day shopping for rich people. Yep. Right. Um, cool world. Mm-hmm. Cool world. What a great movie. True fact about where we live. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> great segue. Uh, all right, guys. Let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. And we're back, and so is alcohol. Uh, the consumption of alcohol, huh? <laughs> How about this oh, yeah. stuff? Perfect <laughs> you guys, transition. You guys you read clawing, about this dude? alcohol stuff? Bro, are you clawing oh, he's, he's right clawing. now? <laughs> dude, where's Cloftus, man? Hey, Cloftus, Yo, get in here. Check out my claw. You got a cloth mask? You got a... The best part about tangerine white claw is you can smell it from a foot away. <laughs> there you go. I got a, that is I got a morning... Got a morning business conference call I got to get on. Um, So, you know, we've talked a lot on this show about how, like, there's always articles of what millennials are killing because we're broke as a generation. But, like, alcohol seemed to be, like, the one thing, actually, most millennials, like, aren't really, like, beer sales were tanking a bit uh, because of the rise of the Celsius and what have you. I dropped beers out of my repertoire. I'm a claw gal. Beers out of your rep- repertoire completely? Uh well we have some, but it's but it don't it doesn't get touched generally. I've got uh, you- I've got my sweet claws. I let myself have one Mike's hard if I'm having a, a really sad day, but I try to try to keep it chill on the mics. I've okay. changed. I've changed. Okay. Wait, but Mike's you call Mike's beer? No, 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 no. Sorry. That's no oh, okay. this is I have various brands of malt liquor that makes your head. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> um but so right now, you know, with the quar, I think everyone, many people um, are starting to drink more uh, in general. Like uh, compared to last March's numbers, online alcohol sales are up 243%. Uh, and right now, just all across the board, when like uh, the from Nielsen research, they found that sale of alcohol bev- alcoholic beverages rose 55% in the week ending March 21. And then spirits like tequila, gin, and pre-mixed cocktails led the way in terms of like the biggest jump, 75% increase compared to last year. Wow. And wine was up 66%, beer up 42%. Is this um, like taking beer. into account like what's sold to like bars and restaurants too? Or is it like question. just what people take f- home? Well, I mean, I have a feeling because the week ending March 21st, a lot of bars were not, I mean- Many yeah. places work shutting down bars and things like that. So I think this is purely from like the consumer level rather than the, the so, uh, bar, um, restaurant level. Unfun science fact, uh, alcohol is pretty closely associated with cancer rates. Uh, so Why would I'm, you say that? I don't know, man. Put down the claw. <laughs> I'm like, but oh, no. I'm, I'm like, I'm literally holding a claw right now. Put Why it down, baby. Okay, putting down the claw. Wait, it's associated in what sense? 
Um, I don't know if it's like linearly associated, but there's like pretty high correlations between um, drinking alcohol, just even regularly and uh, likelihood of cancer. And so, but people don't want to hear that, but I said it. Um, but I'm so, I'm wondering if there's going to be like a spike of cancer, like years down the line for, from just this event. Oh, from hmm. all the, from the claw and stuff and the mold. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, Hey, you know, but this Maybe is not, deal. But I drink just a, I just have a couple glasses of red wine every day just to relax. And then <laughs> the tannins and antioxidants. The tannins. Actually, the tannins Chocolate and wine is <laughs> all you all need. The anxious oxidants are going to help me Sounds be like cancer free. Sounds like fake news to me. Sounds like fake news. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> pa- look, Poppy, <laughs> call me up in maybe four years and then you see where I'm at. I was. <laughs> Listen, I was, I'm the result of a, of a medical, exp- I sound like a fox walker. I'm the result of a medical experiment. I'm not going to let a little white claw kill me, okay? <laughs> you sound like Janine Pirro. I just do sound yelling. like Janine Pirro. Yeah. Like, All right, everybody uh, listen. Uh, <laughs> you got to lean back though. Janine Pirro was <laughs> lean the fuck back when she might have been drunk that night. That's another reason why jinx culture is so prevalent right now. Janine Pirro, massive player in the jinx franchise. Oh, right. That's right. Hold on. Hold on. Was... I'm looking up Janine Pirro young right now. <laughs> she was a Pretty protagonist, same. right? She's the antagonist, and then you learn more about her, and you're like, oh, Robert Durst is right yet again. Janine Pirro <laughs> sucks. And he says it, he says in court, he's like, Janine Pirro made me do it. And you're like, what the fuck? He rules. Oh. <laughs> he rules. Well, now I'm going to bust open a claw with my man, Bobby D. I think you <laughs> might D. have viewed that show differently because uh, you said she's an antagonist. I think most people were watching it uh, thinking that Robert Durst was the bad guy. But I actually don't think that that I think that that's what Andrew Drecker wanted you to think. But um, <laughs> a lot of people saw through the fog and saw that clearly Robert Durst was the uh, the under. I love an underdog story. The son of a billionaire <laughs> who murders three people, allegedly. Uh, I love it. Allegedly. <laughs> All right. That's going to do it for this week's weekly zeitgeist. Please like and review the show. If you like the show, uh, means the world to Miles. He he needs your validation, folks. Uh, I hope you're having a great weekend, and I will talk to you Monday. Bye.